when I decided, hey, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to embrace that challenge and I'm going to go do something that's difficult or scary. That's when everything, 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 everything changed. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. Today, we're in the middle of an eight-week series focused on building resilience. We'll be talking about why resilience is important, how to become more resilient, and talking to some of the most impressive and resilient people on earth. If you want to live a more interesting life by challenging yourself to do the impossible, you're in the right place. Let's get started. So before I get into some strategies and some nitty gritty stuff, I want to share a story about when I wanted to quit. And this was last year and it's relatively recent, so it's still in the back of my mind. But it was last year down in Patagonia. As you guys know, I, I launched a project to run seven ultra marathons on seven continents to help build seven schools with pencils of promise about a year ago. So right out the gate, we launch it and things are going great. I've got my races lined out for the next few months and I, I've been training up to that point and I'm, I'm ready for my first race. So I go down to Patagonia in Chile and I start prepping for the race and I basically I'm feeling pretty good about the project in general the the race that's coming up the race that was coming up I think was like 40 miles which at that point I was pretty confident in my capability to do so and I was just I was I was feeling pretty confident about the whole thing. I start off the race and the race is absolutely gorgeous. We start off on a glacial lake, just running past some icebergs. And then we get on this path throughout Torres del Pine National Park. And it's just gorgeous. You have mountains everywhere. You have glacial lakes on your left and right. And it's it's really just a beautiful race that I'd been enjoying quite a bit. And I, I'd felt like my pace was exactly where I wanted to be. I was kind of keeping with kind of my internal clock for the race. And I was feeling really, really, really good. Pretty much the entire race uh well entire race up till about mile 24 i up till mile 24 i was feeling like i, I was expecting to hit a wall i expecting to hit a wall at that 20 miles and start to hurt and i still felt pretty good around mile 24 but something happened and as i was running throughout the entire race there was just a ton a ton of wind and it was at the back most of the time, which is great from a runner perspective because it's actually pushing you along. And in some cases, the wind was blowing so hard that it was actually pushing you faster than, than you wanted to run. It was like every time you got airborne mid-stride, <laughs> you'd get pushed forward. And so that wind was really strong at the back. But for most of the race, it, it didn't affect much of the running other than being a little encouraging throughout the entire race. But around mile 24, I came around a curve. I just climbed a hill and I was coming around a curve. And as I came around the curve, the the wind shifted. And as I came around this curve, we also started to go downhill. And the wind shifted. And as the wind shifted, I basically coming downhill, the wind caught me off guard mid-stride and blew me, no joke, halfway across the road. I was coming downhill and I was mid-stride and I tried to catch myself, but the the wind, this sounds so stupid telling the story. I'm so mad at myself. I'm so pissed about the, the whole situation. I literally just got blown over. In trying to catch my balance, I jacked up my ankle really bad. I, I tried to catch myself with my feet and coming downhill, I just didn't have it. I tried to brace myself with my left foot and just ended up rolling my left ankle really, really badly because we're going downhill. Ended up rolling my leg like past my ankle. And I've rolled ankles in the past. I used to play basketball. I used to have that happen all the time. And usually you know, you shake it off and, and it's no big deal. But this was something completely different. I kind of shook it off and I was like, oh, wow, that's not, that doesn't feel very good. That is 
different. That is a different type of pain than I've had before. And I just decided that I was going to try to keep going because I was at mile 24, pretty much an unsupported race. And you were out there on your own. So I had to get back one way or another. And I decided I was just going to like try to keep up at my old pace. And what happened was I started running and I started to feel a clicking in my ankle. And I didn't know exactly what it was, but it felt like something kept catching on the backside of my ankle and then popping out to the side of my ankle and then getting caught on the back again and then popping back out. And what what I found later, this was actually not just a feeling, it was my tendon, uh, the, the peroneal tendon. I not only just rolled my ankle, but I had sprained my peroneal tendon pretty badly and it had kind of popped out of the casing, if you will. If you think about a bunch of your tendons going down through your ankle, like a bunch of cables and a kind of a... Um, like a wrapped up cable sleeve. It basically popped out of that sleeve and it was kind of on its own. And I knew something wasn't good, but I didn't really know what to do. So I, I, I decided I was just going to, I was going to limp it off for a couple of miles and, and try to keep going. And I realized pretty quickly that I was going to be running normally for the rest of the day. And so throughout all that, I just have like this flood of thoughts and emotions about, oh my gosh, this is the first race that I'm doing. And I'm just like smacked upside the head, like right at the standard marathon distance. And I just got smacked upside the head and I'm hurt. I've got 16 miles left to go and I am struggling and this is not fun and this is not okay and I don't know what to do. And then and then the other thoughts come in and it's like, okay, this is the first of seven. What am I getting myself into? What did I sign up for? Am I even going to be able to do these other races? And whether it was smart or not, I decided I was going to finish the race and it didn't matter what was going to happen. It could be a, a really ugly rest of the 14 miles, but I was just going to suck it up and dig it out for the rest of the race. So that's what I did. And the back half of my race was much, much worse. The last 14 miles were worse than, you know, the first 26. And it was just one of those things. It wasn't even the race though. So, so I finished the race and I'm hurting. I know I'm hurting, but in my mind, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to ice this out. I'm going to, I'm going to take a nice bath. I'm going to chill out and I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good. I'll, I'll take maybe a week or two when I'm back in the States and rest, and then I'll get back to running and I'll be okay. And, and what happened was I got back to the States and I wasn't okay. My ankle was really messed up more so than I wanted to admit. And I really just kind of had to accept it when I tried to go run. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to run that far. I'm just going to run two miles. And I, I didn't even make it like a block and a half down the street before turning back. It was so painful that I, I couldn't even put pressure on it at one point. And so I go see the chiropractor and the physical therapist and they start working on it. And we start having conversations about like recovery times and all these other races that I have planned up. Basically, we two weeks after the first race, we scratched the next two races off the schedule because there's no way that they were going to happen. And I just remember thinking to myself, what What are you doing? You just got, you just, you just told a lot of people that you're going to be running seven ultra marathons. And now you are struggling after one, like a half of one. And what are you doing? And there's a lot of moments in there where I wanted to give up and wanted to quit. and wanted to just stop doing it and, and not run anymore. And I'm going to share kind of where I'm at with that and what I'm doing next. But that was just one of those mindsets. So one of those situations that I want to share, like a lot of times we talk about this abstractly or we talk about this, oh, you just got to keep going and whatever. Um, and it's all, it's all mental. It's all cerebral, but there's no like physical story to it. And so I wanted to share that story with you guys about that. I'm going to share the 
ending I'm with you guys at the end of the podcast. Right now, guys, I want to jump into when is it actually okay to quit. But before I get into that, I want to talk about how you can get out in front of a lot of the stuff that may make you want to quit or may start bubbling these things up in your mind about quitting. You know, a lot of times people just jump into an activity without much thought about it. And then they get to a point where they they jumped an activity because it was fun or was interesting, or they thought it'd be kind of cool. But then down the road, uh, after the, the novelty of the idea wears off, they really don't know why they're doing it. They really don't really care about it very much. And they're, they're not really interested in, in doing it, especially when it becomes hard. When it, when it stops being fun and it becomes work, that's when a lot of people give up. And so in order to combat this, there's three main things that I want to talk about in order to kind of prevent very preventable quitting. You know, a lot of people <laughs> say they're tired of starting over all the time. Well, stop quitting on all the things you're doing. But there's a, a, a step you can do in front of that. And that's Quit stuff before you even start it. In other words, be more selective about what you choose to do. Be more selective about where you choose to spend your time. A lot of people just jump into this stuff and they say, hey, I'm just going to do whatever. And they do it and then they do it for a couple days or they do it for a week and they don't really care why. They're just mindlessly accepting or agreeing to do something. And then they realize they they hate it or they don't want to do it or they, they have no attachment to it other than you know their initial decision to do it. And then they feel so bad about about quitting it. So so don't do that. Be more selective about what you do. Or if you do just want to try a bunch of stuff, treat it like an experiment. Have a set start and have a set end date. Don't don't worry about making it this lifelong commitment. You're allowed to experiment with stuff. You're allowed to try stuff. You're allowed to find out new things. But don't say, hey, I'm going to do a year of karate if you have never even had an interest in the in the sport before. Understand what that commitment means. And so quit before you start. Be more selective about what you're doing. The second thing is have a solid why. Have a solid reason for why you're doing it. It could be, hey, it's fun. Hey, this is really interesting. It could be something a little bit deeper. Maybe it's a, a really solid cause near and dear to your heart. Maybe it's something always wanted to try. Maybe it's one of those dreams you've had since you're a little kid. But have a good reason why because if it's just novelty know that and that you're just kind of scratching an itch and and when you're done scratching that itch you'll be done with it but if it's something that's important and that's kind of the stuff that I want to talk about if it's something that's meaningful to you and it's something that's going to be difficult you need to have a solid reason why because if you don't as soon as things get hard you're going to give up or you're going to want to give up. And if you have a good reason why, you can always come back to that. And that why needs to be incredibly strong. It needs to be the the main driver of what you're doing. And if you don't have that, when things get hard, there's there's not going to be anything to keep you from, from giving up. The third thing is to to understand the costs associated with what you want to do. Uh, I've talked about this a couple episodes back, but expect it to be hard. Know what you're willing to give up in order to get what you want. If you're if you're planning a big, audacious, impossible goal, you should expect a little bit of pushback. You should expect a little bit of difficulty. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. And if it's impossible, or most people consider it impossible, there's probably a reason why. So if you're audacious enough to say, hey, I'm going to go do that thing that everybody else thinks is impossible, you know, there's going to be challenges coming along, right? Like it's not just going to be easy. It's not going to be smooth sailing. But that's why if you up in front of, of committing to do it, you, you understand what the costs are. You know what you're willing to give up. A lot of people just focus on the goal. They say, hey, I want a Ferrari. But they don't 
stop and think about how much a Ferrari costs or how they're going to pay for it or, or what they're going to have to do in order to get that or what they're going to have to give up in order to be able to buy that. And so when you understand the cost and know what you're willing to give up in order to achieve what you want to do, when things get difficult or when you're asked to give up something that when you're asked to give up something on the way to going after this challenge, to going after your goal, you've already made the decision in your mind. You can say, yeah, go ahead. That's not worth it to me. My end goal is on the horizon and that's what I'm going towards. And if you understand the cost and you know what you're willing to give up and you say that, say it out loud, write it down and you say that out in front of making this commitment, things are going to get a lot easier. And when you're asked to make those decisions, it's going to be a lot easier to make them. So guys, before you've committed to go do something impossible, before you make this big grand statement about what you're going to do, take those three things into mind. Really understand what you're doing. Be more selective about what you're doing, what you're committing to. Have a good reason why and understand the costs associated with it. When you're more selective with your commitments like that, just the fact that you're being more selective gives you a opportunity for success because you're not just going to do whatever comes your way. You're, you're being selective. You're, you're, you're being purposeful, I think is the better word about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And you're being thoughtful about what it's going to take to get where you're going. But let's talk, let's shift gears a little bit now. And let's talk about what to do when you're in the middle of it, because that's, those are all great things to do beforehand. And they're good things to come back to once you kind of establish that from a baseline, from a, from a beginning standpoint. But what happens when you're in the middle of a project? What happens when you're in Patagonia and you jack your ankle up at the beginning of this big adventure and you have to figure out how to go forward? When is it worth continuing and when is it worth packing up and going home? And the first thing I want to say here is that you are more capable than you know. And I'm going to say that again because it's really important. You are way more capable than you know. And if you give up at the first thought of giving up, you're selling yourself short, you're copying out of a great story, and you're really cheating yourself from living a great story. Side tangent for a moment. There's so much focus these days on hacks, on life hacks, on doing easy stuff, on, on getting things done as fast as possible with as little challenge or little difficulty as possible. And you're just going to sit back, relax, and everything's going to be great. I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick of life hacks. I'm so sick of how you can do everything and just, you know, I'm all for being effective and being precise and, and getting the most bang for your buck and being efficient with your time and productivity and all that. However, what I hate is this departure from anything that resembles a challenge, anything that resembles pain, anything that resembles something that's difficult. We've, we're starting to kind of embrace this culture that is just people who want to embrace what's easy, embrace what's simple, embrace what's comfortable. And that's what everybody's moving towards. Everybody's moving towards that more and more and more. It just makes me want to scream sometimes because that's not what life is about. My personal story completely changed. Some of you guys know it. After not getting a job for nine months, I was a UPS assistant. I wasn't even the driver. I couldn't drive the car. I just took boxes back and forth, got chased by dogs and tried not to break my legs uh, slipping on ice in Chicago. Got fired. After Christmas, they let all of us temporary assistance. And after that, I was just sitting around waiting, waiting for life to happen to me. I was just sitting around saying, hey, here's all these things I want to do. I hope they happen to me. Maybe someday they can happen to me. Meanwhile, I'm eating like crap. I'm living in my parents' basement and I'm watching Burn Notice and other movies about being a spy while reading blogs about people traveling around the world, starting their own businesses and saying, I wish I could do that. Maybe someday that will happen to me. And my entire life changed when I realized all the movies I was watching 
watching have a character in it and every character in that has a challenge at some point and the entire movie starts the entire plot hinges on that character deciding to embrace the challenge to take on the challenge and to go after that challenge it doesn't matter what type of movie you watch pretty much every single story has that i realized that if my life was a story it would be the worst story ever it's just terrible it'd be a, a story about a kid living in his parents basement watching other people tell really good stories that was my story and everything started to change when I stopped saying, hey, you know, there's all those things that I want to do, but they seem hard and difficult and and challenging. And I'm just going to do what's easy and do what's possible and do what's comfortable for me. When I decided, hey, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to embrace that challenge and I'm going to go do something that's difficult or scary or uncomfortable or make me feel stupid. That's when everything, 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 everything changed. And so when I see people embrace being comfortable they they make it like this idol of theirs so like oh i just want to be comfortable i just want to i just want to get this much money so i can have this type of place and just relax and that's what i want and that's what they're trying to do or hey you know i don't want to do you know i don't want to do any of these uh, events or, or challenges because there's all these downsides that maybe might happen potentially because i heard this one guy who has a cousin who has a dog who got robbed of from crossfit so i never want to do that or i heard my great uncle had bad knees from running so i'm not even going to do a 5k like the idea that you can't challenge yourself or that you you can't do things you haven't done before. It just drives me insane. And when I see people only selectively do things that make them comfortable and they just embrace this idea that all pain is bad and you have to get rid of pain, you have to get rid of feeling bad, you have to get rid of all this stuff. No, that's part of life. You have to you have to have the bad things happen in life. You have to have the big, hard challenges in order for amazing stories to happen. If you, you watch Lord of the Rings, Frodo doesn't just like, oh, okay, yeah, we should go through the ring in the thing you know in mordor okay let's just let's just go over there and, and toss it in like that it, it, that's a really short book and that's a really terrible story there's a, <laughs> a couple thousand pages and nine hours of peter jackson's storytelling to get to the end of the story and that doesn't happen if he just does stuff that's comfortable if frodo stays in the shire nothing happens and so that was a tangent but that's to say if, if you find yourself being a person who automatically issues risk issues challenge and it issues pain anytime it comes up you need to suck it up you need to suck it up because there's a whole segment of life that you're missing out on by being a wuss. Now, anytime you call somebody a wuss, everybody gets mad and they say, I hey, used to be really more concerned about people's feelings. I'm not really concerned about your feelings. I'm concerned about your life. I fundamentally believe that you're not going to experience your life to the fullest if you're not willing to embrace challenge at some point. And so just the fact if me calling you out or me saying something makes you feel uncomfortable, instead of turning off the podcast, maybe listen to it, maybe dive into it a little bit more and, and understand why you're uncomfortable. If you find you're a person that just tries to get away from being in any situation you're uncomfortable in. You need to suck it up. And, you know, the first time you feel uncomfortable, it's, it's a terrible time to quit because that means you're just getting to the starting point. It means you're getting to something good. If you're running into roadblocks, that means you're going the wrong way. If you're playing video games and you start running into bad guys, you're going in the right direction. So keep going if you run into a couple roadblocks. They're not bad. It's not the end all be all. If you, it's the first time you felt uncomfortable, good. You probably need to. If you really need a practical way to do this, cold shower therapy, I've talked about it a billion times, 30 days of cold showers. You have a choice. You could either take warm, comfortable, easy shower that everybody else in the world takes, or you can decide, hey, I'm going to do something and I'm going to choose 
specifically to be uncomfortable for no other reason than to practice being uncomfortable. And I'm going to turn it to freezing cold. I'm going to stand in there for five minutes. I'm going to do my normal shower routine with it on blasting cold and I'm going to be happy about it and do that for 30 days and see if your attitude towards being uncomfortable doesn't change. I dare you. I haven't had, I've had a lot of people tell me that's the stupidest idea ever and I've had hundreds of people tell me they thought it was stupid and then they did it and their entire attitude changed. So if you find yourself giving up when you're just uncomfortable, keep going because you probably, you probably need it, probably need to toughen up a little bit to deal with a little bit of adversity in your life and suck it up a little bit more. So That's my drill sergeant routine, but you need to suck it up. Now there's another camp. So say you've been doing this for a little bit and it's getting to the point where you've hit, you've hit adversity and you kind of push through and you've done it a couple times, but you're getting to a point where it's really kind of becoming a wall and it's, it's really getting tough. What do you do in that situation? And, and this situation is, first of all, I think one of my favorite videos of all time is a, is an interview with David Goggins and he talks about running ultra marathons. And he says, when you think you are done, when you think you are finished, you're only about 30% done of what you're, you've only reached 30% of your total capability. And what you can do is you can go home. Like you, if he's, he basically phrases it, if you hit a wall, you can, you can hit the wall and you can, you can stop, or you can start looking for a door and you go left, you go right, you keep searching. And uh, eventually you find this door. And when you hit that door, you can either leave it shut or you can open it up, push through it and keep going. And when you hit that door. That's when your decision's made. You say, okay, yeah, you know, there's this wall and I can give up and go home or I can kick that door open and keep going. And as soon as you get through that door, you get like that second wind. That's true in ultra marathons and that's true in life. If you're running into something and and it's you're you're starting to feel worn down, look for a door. It's not always going to work. It's not always going to be perfect and we'll talk about that in a second, but look for one. And and that's just a technique. It's just look for something and and spend some time searching, spend some time kind of in that uncomfortable space, trying to, to find a way to continue going forward. And I love that because I've actually experienced that I, in ultra marathons in my own life and in races. And I think it's, it's it's a really useful concept just to kind of, it's good mind exercise, if nothing else, because a lot of the things I'm telling you guys are not necessarily hard and fast rules. They're more like guidelines you kind of have to learn throughout life. And I think that's the bigger goal here is the goal is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. It's, it, the goal is to get used to adversity to understand that adversity isn't a bad thing. Pain is not a bad thing. It's a it's a tool you can learn to to get better, to get stronger and and do bigger things and take on bigger challenges. That's the number one thing. So whether or not you something's amazing, you 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 do it amazingly or you fail miserably, if you have that type of resilience to kind of keep going and learning, the end goal is to kind of build that resilient mindset, that resilient being, and that's worth it in and of itself. And so I'm going to give you guys actually a couple times here where now that we talked about how to prevent rapid quitting, and we've talked a little bit about why you need to embrace adversity and and keep pushing a little bit. Let's talk about how and when to actually quit, because that's what I titled this, and that's what I, I promised you guys. And so the first one is it's just not working. Maybe you've got the the best way I think of this is like a business. A lot of times people come up with this idea of a business, and they're just like, I I got this great idea. It's like it's like Uber for cats. It's going to be like a cat delivery thing, and it's just going to be on an hourly basis. You you rent the cat and it's going to be 
delivered by a black car or whatever. It's going to be amazing. And then, then you spend, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and you spend two years building this thing and you realize, you know, every time you try to do a press release, PETA is on you and they're just talking about how you're the worst company ever. And you're, you, you're so committed to this idea of a cat delivery system that you're just like, it's got to work. It's got to be amazing. It's, it's got to be the thing. And I, at some point you have to realize that it's just not working. So there's a couple things here. One, giving up on the idea does not mean giving up on yourself. So just because your cat delivery idea doesn't work doesn't mean you can't try another entrepreneurial idea. It just means that idea doesn't have a great product market fit. Sometimes, and this is actually probably something I probably should have learned in ultra marathons, but if you get injured at mile 24 of a race, you probably shouldn't try to hobble the rest of the 16 because you might do more damage than good at that point. And so sometimes you have to know when to cut bait. And that's, it's, it's a tough thing to say because it's really sort of a skill. So the more you screw up, the more you learn when you need to keep pushing. If you cut bait too early, you're going to start realizing you're not really getting anything done. And maybe you are one of those people that's kind of staying away from any sort of adversity or any sort of challenge. And that's your problem. And you need to keep pushing more. And maybe you'll find sometimes you're like a masochist. You you like to bang your head against the wall over and over and over and over and over. And, and you just kind of need a reality check to say, hey, it's like you're banging your head against the wall and you don't realize there's a door right next to you. Sometimes you have to realize that. And, and that's like, this is the messy part, right? Because everybody wants to say, oh, here's the three steps you do to to do it. And 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 really, it's a it's a process of trial and error. You, you screw it up one time and then you say, hey, I probably should not screw it up like that in the future. I'm going to screw it up in a different way. And then I'm going to learn, you know, then I'll have a couple points of reference. So if it's just not working, you know, this is something that you're going to have to just experiment with over time and you're going to find out on your own. A good method. And I actually just, I'm stealing this one straight from Dan Martell. So if you guys know Dan, he's Canadian entrepreneur, started Clarity FM, just sold that and has a great website at danmartell.com. Check him out. He's down here in San Diego every once in a while and we grab tacos, but he just did a post on give it three solid tries. If you're really having rough time, if, you know, if you, if you think you might be giving up just because it's easier to give up than to keep going, give it three solid tries and like balls to the wall, solid tries. Don't give up so easily. Really go after it three times. If you say, oh, well, I tried it once and it didn't work. Well, then you're just really giving up because it's easy. Give it three solid tries, like balls to the wall tries and see if it works. You know, maybe it doesn't work the first time. Maybe it doesn't work the second time. Maybe the third time you have enough data, maybe you have enough information, maybe you have enough experience that you can keep going and 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 solve the problem that you're running into before. And so that's the other thing is like, okay, maybe it's not working before you just completely cut bait, give it three solid tries. Make sure that you're really, really giving it a shot for success and not just self-sabotaging yourself over and over and over. And and the last thing, and this is the concept that you can quit a specific task. You can quit a job. You can quit a goal. You can quit a challenge. You can quit whatever it is you want to do. Whatever whatever the goal is that you set, whatever the challenge is that you set, you're, you're allowed to quit it. But don't quit on getting better. Don't quit on continuing to push and test your limits. Sometimes you're just not ready for it. Sometimes your limits, sometimes you do have a finite limit at this point in time, but that doesn't mean your limits are going to stay at that point forever. It doesn't mean that they're going to stay like that for a week, but you have to choose to, to keep pushing them, to keep trying, to keep experimenting, keep doing new things in order to expand them, to get better, to get stronger, to get smarter, and be able to continue to push them. And, and this is the thing that I want to leave you guys with, is that the story is only finished 
finished when you put down the pen. So you can start a new chapter. You can you can cross out that last one. You can edit a bunch of stuff. But the story is only finished when you put down the pen. And a lot of people they'll they'll try a goal. I say, okay, I'm gonna do this thing. And and honestly, the 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 goal is is bigger than they're capable of at the moment, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It teaches you to stretch and it teaches you to push yourself. And sometimes you can accomplish more by setting big goals than you can if you set small ones. But they set a big, massive goal and then they fail. They can't do it. And and then they just give up. They say, okay, well, I was going to write this big, epic book with my life story. And I was going to write the Odyssey right out the gate. And they got to page three and they're like, nope, this is... I'm just terrible at this. And they put the pen down and they give up and they don't pick the pen back up. And and what I want you guys to know is that you can start writing that story and you can screw that story up and you can cross stuff out and you can rip pages out and you can start new chapters and you can try new things. But the only time that story is ever done, that only time it's done is when you put down the pen. And, and that's what I really want to get at is you can quit on small stuff. You can quit on, on goals. You can quit on jobs. You can quit on whatever you want, but don't quit on yourself because if you're writing your life story, the story's only done when you put down the pen. Uh, and so if you if you have a setback, use that to fuel the next thing that you do. If you have a change of heart, or you have a change of direction, or you find something that's not working, uh, that's okay. Rebuild yourself, uh, you know, collect your things and, 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 and plan the next adventure, plan the next chapter, plan the next book, and, and keep writing that story because it's only done when, when you put the pen down. So with that in mind, I wanted to share, I told you guys at the beginning of this that I would share where I'm at with my story of quitting or not. So anyways, basically what happened was with this entire race, my leg was messed up for a long, long time. And so for about six months, I just did like rehab stuff, which is really, really boring for someone like me because I am very good at pushing my limits. I'm very good at doing active stuff. You wanted me to jump out of a plane. Okay. You want me to run 20, 30 miles. Okay, let's do it. You want me to go do something active, do something adventurous, do something, you know, that's either adventure seeking or limits pushing. And I'm there. If you want me to slow down, and relax or try to take care of myself. If you want me to do like health maintenance and, and especially about a year ago, I was I was pretty pretty gung ho that I could just I could just suck it up and, and make it happen. And and what I realized over this last year is there's a lot of preventative maintenance that I have to do, a lot of maintenance work I have to do, a lot of actually taking care of my body if I want to push it. I can push it. Uh, I can train as much as I want. Uh, and I can train you can train, you know, more than most people think you can, but it's all dependent on what type of recovery work you do. And it all depends on how well you decide to take care of your body. And so for me, this last year has been a big eye opener on what I need to do in order to take care of myself, especially long term. And so it actually turned out into a couple good things. Uh, We redeemed it a little bit. I started a mobility app on iTunes called MoveWell. And it's basically a series of foam rolling routines that you can use if you're an athlete and you want to get stronger or prevent injuries. Or if you're just even an average desk worker who's sitting down all day, a couple routines in there that kind of help get you moving throughout the day, both in the morning and throughout the day. So you're active. So you're, you're loosening yourself up and you're taking care of yourself in a, in a way that's better. So that's my mini plug, but it was something that came out of my injury and my, my own problems that I was having. And so that was a big lesson that I I had to learn. And so there's a, a big chunk in there where I basically had to learn to take care of myself. It was kind of a slow recovery process. Any of you athletes out there have been injured in the past, you know how much it sucks. 
how slow it is and how frustrating it is that you just want to get out there and, and compete again. I start training again and you can't. And so that was that was the initial phase. And then there was a phase in there where there was it was a mental game because I, I went from running 30 miles to not being able to run three. And I got to this point with running where I was just like, I thought like, I'm not the fastest guy in the world, but I thought I was like decent. And now I'm not even decent. I'm really slow. I'm bad. And I got to this point where it was like a head game and I was just like trying to get myself out of my own head. And so after all of that, <laughs> that took longer than I'd like to admit, but that probably took a good three or four months of just Joel head games with himself, remembering that I can run and I can learn to run well again, and that I'm not always doomed to, to run two to three miles at a time. And where I'm at right now is actually planning out the last six races. So I have several of them all planned out, but what I've also decided is that I'm going to take a much more strategic approach. I kind of, before, I, I wanted to batch them all in less than, I think, seven races in nine months. And I've had done multiple ultra marathons before, but for some of the races and the, the the difficulty level, the ones that I was doing, that was a little bit optimistic. I think if everything went perfectly, I could have done it. But obviously, 24 miles into the first race, things did not go optimally. So, so where I'm at right now is uh, I'm hoping to get a couple more done by the end of this year, ideally two to three, and then finish up the rest of the races in the middle of next year. And so having this spaced out a lot more, been training back up, getting back to the level of fitness that I want to have and getting to the point where, you know, I have the, the physical competency to do it and the mental fortitude to, to keep running when I wasn't always super confident in my capability to run again. And so so when I'm talking about the story's only done when you put down the pen for a little bit, I didn't put down the pen, but I was like scribbling in the margins and I was like doodling and, and drawing on the desk and all sorts of other stuff. I, I kept coming back to the things that I talked about at the beginning of the episode of, you know, wh- why am I doing this? Partially, it's for my own benefit. I want to I wanna be able to push my limits. I want to be able to become someone who who can do this challenge. The other aspect is, is Pencils of Promise is a fantastic charity, nonprofit, a for-purpose organization. We've worked with them since 2012, I want to say, and I'm a huge fan of them. They've done great work, and 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 that is a huge, you know, seeing the work they did in Guatemala a couple years back is a huge impetus to, to me continuing to do the, the stuff that I'm doing. And the other thing is, is I basically made a pact with myself that I said I was going to do this, and, and my word means something to myself. And so, you know, even if nobody's watching, if nobody else cares about it, promised myself that I was going to do this. I made this a challenge to myself. And I I decided at the beginning of this that when I, I didn't know how, I knew it was going to be the most difficult thing I, I had done up to that point. And I didn't know what it was going to take exactly, but I was committed to do what I needed to do in order to do this. And so that's where I'm at right now. Training back up, got the couple races planned out and getting excited for them again. And running, running is becoming fun again. And I've got a lot of stuff coming up here. So that's my own story of quitting. If you guys have a story like that, I'd love to hear it, it either in the comments or in the show notes on, on the site, on the podcast. I'd love to hear what you guys are going up against, what challenges you're taking on and where you're running into opportunities to quit and, and how you're getting past them. So that's today's show. It's when is it okay to quit? Thanks for listening, guys and I will see you on the next show.